Welcome back, everybody, to the DC Beer Show, the first recorded one in 2021. We are DC Beer across social media and Discord. We're eager to continue our trend of quality coverage of DC Beer scene. We're kicking off 2021 with a special but um inaugural show. Get it? Inaugural? Inaugural? But first, <laughs> Randy, Mike, what are you drinking? Hey, everybody. We usually do rap lyrics, so I'm going to say, here I go, here I go, here I go again, girls. What's my weakness? And normally I would say beer right now because we're on a beer show, but it's totally men. Okay, my weakness then. is so men. Current at the second, I am drinking a Brookville Farm rum barrel aged flexible flyer stout. Before this, I opened the Ivy City Lager from Other Half. And another Brookville beer, um, the White Owl, which I posted on the Instagrams. So speaking of Instagrams, follow us up at DC Beer. Mike, what you drinking over there? I am drinking the fragile kind from Aslan. I'm strong enough to say I am often fragile. <laughs> but you know what? Democracy is fragile. And that's okay. We make it work. So Aslan has a Pilsner, a Bohemian Pilsner, that's 4.7% ABV. And they had me with their sub 5% ABV. I'm a sucker for lager. If your lager, you brew is under 5% ABV, I'm in. This is a lovely Pilsner. They call it Bohemian, but it honestly reminds me of Atlas's bullpen Pilsner, which I can't remember if Atlas brands it as Bohemian or German or just Atlas bullpen Pilsner. But it does remind me of Atlas's bullpen pills. And that will bring us to another segment later in the show about Atlas. Jake, what are you drinking? I am drinking, um, and by the way, just kudos to Brandy for having a three beer Tuesday evening. I just hey. massive yeah. respect to that. Um, I, I'm on my second. This one would probably be the, the second and final. It is um, a classic. It's the Bell's Expedition Stout, Russian Imperial Stout. Little bit of licorice, awful lot of chocolate, um, especially like that dark baking chocolate. Mm. Overly mm-hmm. roasted coffee, nice little like you know like somewhere like in that forty-five to like sixty IBU range, where like just like you get like heat from the hops. Um, it's a nice chilly night, um, good night to break open one of the, one of the classics every so often, Brandy. I will say about this flexible flyer beer from Brookville. So I had gone there over a month ago now, I think. It was freezing that day. They were super nice, but this wasn't available on tap for me to have uh, on draft while I was there. So I just snagged way too much money's worth of beer because I wanted the rum barrel. And it's really good. It, it's I think it's only 8%. It's 8%. It's super cinnamony. Actually, it's like it tastes like like a mix between an oatmeal raisin cookie and coffee stout. I don't know. It's really it's fun. It's it's really good. So yeah, shout out to Brookville Farms. I dig that um, because I had a somewhat mixed experience um, with a highly rated pastry stout um, over the weekend. Commonwealth's uh, Marveloso Volume Seven. Uh, no disrespect, folks. It just it was too sweet. I couldn't hang with it, and so I boiled off a about three quarters of a bottle. Like I drank three you ounces of it, boiled off. I did it to make a reduction, um, which I then turned into brownies. I saved about two, no, actually no, it was more like three teaspoons of the beer reduction for a buttercream frosting. 
I think it's really good. The kids like the brownies, uh, but they can't hang with like the pastry stout notes of the frosting. Um, and oh, so really? like, I've been scraping off the frosting and giving it to them. But yeah. Did you save me any? Yes, I've got plenty of brownies. Um, okay. Brandy and yeah. I, um, we're not neighbors, um, but we are like five minutes Close. away from each other. I could do a drive. I feel like saving the pastry stout, smashing the pastryarchy by boiling down oh. a bottle of pastry stout to make brownie frosting is some like Luke and Han in the Death Star parading as Empire type <laughs> shit. Like you really, you really got deep on that cut, Mr. Berg. And I'm not surprised your kids I mean, can't really hang get- with the... Like, if we really wanted to get meta about it, I could take the pastry stout brownies and frosting, and then I could throw that into the fermenter and, like, and make some sort of, like, pastry stout-ception meta pastry stout beer thing. We we were talking about this at our last beer, well, not the last one, but the one before that, and my backyard was freezing, but we opened that other half beer, which we drank a lot of other half beer that day, but we opened this one uh pastry style and it was just so much and we all were like oh yeah let's cook it down and like make it like a glaze or something it's still sitting in my fridge i have it's probably vinegar it's probably like fermented by now it's probably not good anymore but yeah kudos to you for actually doing that this is the other half secret cheesecake society beer um again Mm -hmm. some people love this stuff and that's fine um you should do you um just know that like the three of us here can't really hang with a whole lot of pastry stouts and like it is what it is um i want to say like to commonwealths and other half's credit um like those beers do taste like what they're supposed to taste like and so it's like fellas it's not you it's me like it is what it is and yeah you all you all (laughs) should keep drinking those i feel like you're breaking up (laughs) yeah you all should keep drinking those beers if that's what floats your proverbial (laughs) boats uh we were going to discuss these inaugural beers um but yeah. stein has written an article about dc statehood beers give us a little uh, taste of that please sure thing so if you didn't know the district of columbia is not a state contrary to popular belief we are more along the lines of a city state if you will oh, uh, what? a name which one of our newest breweries has uh, taken on city state brewing coming soon um, but we had a group text where we were like, oh, so this was after uh, Warnock and Asaf uh, were decided for Georgia. And it was like, oh, statehood. It's going to happen. It might happen. Is it going to happen? And then somebody on the D.C. beer group text was like, oh, what would a D.C. beer statehood beer be? And then I was like, I'm pretty sure Red Bear has 51st state. And then, Jake, you dropped doesn't Brow have some statehood facts on their can? So I reached out to Red Bear and DC Brow, and sure enough, they already have uh, statehood beers. So with those statehood beers that are already out, Brow talks about uh, New Columbia as the 51st state. That was legislation that was passed, or excuse me, not passed, but introduced in the 80s. And Red Bear has some too, but um, go to dcbeer.com and check out our write-up of, of statehood beers to get a bit more on Red Bear and DC Brow's statehood beers. So please do check it out there. We wanted to get Atlas on today's show um, in no small part because Atlas has partnered 
with a group, meaning two of um, one of the founders of Justin Cox's friends, who are calling themselves Occasionales, get it, Occasional, Occasionales, Inaugural, Inaugural, Waka Waka Waka. <laughs> and so Atlas and Occasionale have an Amtrak Pills and a Madam Veep IPA. They have now gone through two runs of these beers, and they've sold out in no small part because of the can art. Um, you've got Joe Biden's Amtrak Pills and um, Kamala Harris's Madam Veep IPA. They're selling, I think, uh, like the can art, if you would rather purchase that, because we don't know if they're going to do a third run of these beers or not. We don't know if uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of demand for inaugurals come, uh, say, the next time they could um, order up and get those cans, which could be like late February, early March. However, there's a catch. Amtrak Pills is really bullpen pills, and Madame Veep IPA is Dance of Days. What? what? When we mention this, and by the way, uh, we're going to have Justin on the show. He doesn't hide this. Like, they're locked into a production schedule, and, like, this is what they had, you know? Like, so, like, this is what they could do. But there are a couple people out there um, who chatted us up, and they also chatted out Bard in D.C., shout out to um, new dad um, Raman, about feeling, like, a little bit cheated and deceived that these weren't new beers designed with the inauguration in mind, but rather sort of, like, the, quote, proverbial old wine and new packaging. And so... My question to you all is like, Brandy, like, what do you think about that? Is it okay that Atlas did that? 1000%. A, I will say the can art is gorgeous. I'm having a lot of my friends send me messages of the beer cans and they're, <laughs> they're really cute. They're like, have you seen this? And I'm like, of course I've seen this. But everyone knows that I used to work in Ivy City and that I used to go to Atlas literally every week, if not multiple times a week. Um, that was my home away from home, basically. And I know things are hard. And they were supposed to be, well, they are um, near the ballpark. And that's not a thing that's happening, like the baseball game. So yeah, I mean, let them rebrand some stuff and make some cool can art. Like tons of places do that. I don't think you just, I don't, we just don't realize it, I suppose. You know, you, you're drinking the same thing. It's just different. It's just different labels and stuff. So no, I, I have no qualms with it at all whatsoever. And I think it's, it's great that they were able to make something really nice and marketable and to get the to get the population of DC excited about all of this, I and mean, we're already excited, but you know it's kind of fun. So, and it's not just I mean Atlas Atlas's cans are very very prominent in in my mind as far as like people doing stuff special for inauguration. I know that some other breweries are doing some inauguration ales like Blue Jacket, and though some other breweries aren't doing in special ales but they are open tomorrow for for just like going out and getting some beer and uh, like hellbender for example is not usually open on wednesdays but they're open tomorrow so yeah releasing a new trappist style quad no more malarkey <laughs> <laughs> right which you know we we all know who is the most 
frequent user of malarkey in the lexicon, <laughs> right? We use it uh, amongst ourselves. And so uh, rather than say, you know, I feel bummed because it's an old beer and a new package, or I feel great that an older beer now gets a new facelift and a bunch of hopefully new drinkers will be introduced to it. I would just say that I reached out to uh, a couple, yeah, I reached out to a couple attorneys and asked them what they thought about, you know, can you do this? Is this legal? Yada, yada. One mentioned that Amtrak would likely have an issue with uh, Amtrak Joe Pills, but because the beer is only being sold in D.C., it doesn't need a cola label. Because the beer isn't going to travel across state lines, it's cool. Amtrak Joe Pills, right? You know, another mention that you can use the American flag as long as you aren't implying that your beer is sponsored by or affiliated with the government, and that in some instances you need approval for an individual before you can use their likeness. But, you know, fair game. Like, there's massive IP theft in craft beer. There's, uh, we were talking about all these Mandalorian beers that are popping up. So what's it going to take before the craft beer industry cleans themselves up? And quite frankly, I would love to see a million more Madam Veep or a million more, uh, you know, Kamala or, you know, First first Man Doug or Mamala, uh, you know, these kind of spinoff beers, because I think they're more clever, quite frankly, than some of the pop culture that we're, we're seeing on these cans. Yeah. yeah. Um, to that, I want to add that, like, I don't begrudge Atlas for trying to make a buck here. Like, you look at, uh, in terms of, like, their position, they open near Nationals Park, they're counting on, you know, 80 plus home games, 81 plus the playoffs or, you know, exhibitions and such. They've lost that. The pandemic hits. So in addition to losing the baseball crowd, um, they then then lose what, like 80, 90 percent of their draft sales as we don't drink draft beer in restaurants and bars and such anymore. I think this is a clever way to do it. I agree. Look, everybody's hurting in this pandemic. We're seeing massive small business closures. And I mean, Jake, you can remember in 2019, that historic Nats World Series run. It was October. We were like, hey, can we get some brow? No brow. Hey, can we get some Atlas? Oh, we're sold out. And it was like, all right, what do you got? Port City. Oh, I'll take a Port City Oktoberfest. And then the beer vendor was like, it's not Oktoberfest. It's Optimal Wit. And I was like, sweet, I'll take four. And they were like, you can only buy three. <laughs> there, there, was so much demand, there was so much demand at baseball that we drank that stadium out of district brewed beer. Great. Move on to the Maryland and Virginia stuff. But that demand has just gone kaput it's done right covid has put the kibosh on it and that sucks but we have to get on with with our lives and brandy to your point we want to see hellbender open on a wednesday go get some malarkey some quad you know let's let's open up safely let's be smart about it we still got to kick this pandemic's ass but let's support local business while we're doing it 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 really has been difficult for a lot of local booze makers to get into the Nats stadium, because I know when I worked at the distillery, it took us years to get in, mm. to get our gin in there and finally happened. And then, you know, they, they were bringing in new local makers kind of slowly, you know? So it was, it was huge when a little small brewery right down the street from me got into the Nats Park. And it, I mean, and you saw the love that the DC population, Washingtonians had for their locally made booze. Yeah, you can get a bud while you're there, but 
you go to the local stand and get all of, you know, you're like, oh, Hellbender, sure. Yeah, DC Brow, heck yeah. And it's very exciting. So Atlas rebranding and putting some cool can art on their bullpen pills is brill because <laughs> otherwise, you know, they're missing out on fans, tons of fans coming in and saying, oh, I want this. So yeah, kudos to them. Hell yeah. The other inaugural is Blue Jackets 46. And um, for a minute there, it seemed like maybe Mike Pence would be number 46 for like a day or a week or so. I thought it would be funny if Blue Jacket had all these 46 beers in cans um, and then Biden ended up 47. We were trying to get uh, Greg Engert or, or Ro Gunzel. Um, Ro is director of brewing operations at Blue Jacket. Engert, you know, as the beer director and managing partner at NRG, neighborhood restaurant group. Uh, we couldn't make that work either. But really, I was just going to ask Greg what he thought if maybe there was a chance of uh, having like a 46 beer really be about Pence rather than Biden. And so I found that amusing. Anyway, Brandy, I wanted to kick it back to you because we were had a beer share on Saturday. Again, socially distant, outdoors, responsible. Thank you, Greg Parnas, um, our senior legislative correspondent for hosting. <laughs> Yeah, so we used to see each other way more, obviously. I'm sure we all did the as far as the population of the United States goes. But despite going out and being able to go drink in a, inside of a brewery and see my friends constantly, because I would have people over several times a week to have beer share. I mean, beer is flowing in my house constantly and liquor. And so... The last time we had everybody together, we always we all have to be very aware. And since we always have to be outside, you know, getting together in the cold months really blows. So we did another one uh, this past Saturday. Greg Parnas, shout out Greg, hey boo. He cooked us all food. <laughs> it was really he brought everything down. Like it was very fancy outside. We were all cold, but. The more booze we had, the, the warmer we got. And we had an array of, of, of beer. We had a wonderful bottle from Wheatland Spring. Oh, Wheatland, is it Wheatland Spring? Wheatland Farm? What is it? Oh my God. Wheatland Spring, I believe it was. Uh, Wheatland Spring, yes, thank you. Cut. With botanicals. I think you guys drank a, I think you drank a Tamave without me. You had some mm. Brookville or Manor we Hill. Yes, we had we a Tamave. We, yes, we had we a Tamave. Had, we had the Manor Hill Tamave. I can't believe you drank Czech dark lager without me. If it Ooh, makes you feel you any there. better, Mike, I thought that um, <laughs> while they got the hopping on the tamave right, uh, I thought the mash was a little bit off. Mm. I thought it kind of had like more of like a yeah. roasted barley tea sort of a situation oh, going it, on. Was that the one that tasted like it was burnt a little bit? Was that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like it's like yeah. It tasted to me like like they mashed in a little on like the lukewarm side. We had Wheatland Springs um, First Harvest 2019 Farmhouse Ale with Botanicals. Phenomenal. That was actually what we started out with. Well, when I got there, that's what was poured mm. into my glass, and that was a wonderful start. 
We had some brewery beers. Um, we had a couple of sours. We had Manor Hill, uh, a Czech style, style dark lager. We had Papagayo, uh, which was this wonderful bread. Uh, was it a oh, saison? Yeah, from Denizen. Yeah, it's a saison, and, and it's got yeah. I think like it's oh, like man. papaya and soursop. Um, but Greg sat oh. on those bottles for probably like good like five six months, and like the bread oh, had man. really come out. If you see bottles of that around, um, and it's it's been lovingly sitting on a shelf, it's ready to drink exactly. right now. I would go cop that. That was really well done. It so was, kudos to uh, Jeff and the team over at Denison's. I honestly think that that was one of the top three beers that we had while I was there. Um, and the bottle is is really pretty. Luckily, he had two bottles. So between the, what, six of us, we, we, crushed, we crushed them. Eric, right down the street, because... Uh, Greg lives in Brookland, and Eric, who is the manager over at Warp and Wines, I was texting him. I was like, hey, we're right on the street from you. We miss you. And he was like, hey, I got some beer for you. And so we snagged some Von Trapp, uh, like a little four-pack, and we tried the Austrian-style lager, which was lovely. Mm. We also had a Dunkel from Von Trapp. We had... And drew it, we had more of that cider that oh, yeah. I think Mike was drinking that one time. Yeah. Yep. And then we had a Brookville farm, uh, another barrel aged beer from them. And it was, I mean, and we also had some bourbon. <laughs> we, we had some stuff. Um, but it was, it was a great, we were cold, but we weren't cold at the end. <laughs> so shout out to beer shares and doing it socially distanced, but we had some great beers. So if y'all can still do beer shares in a safe way, rock it out. Exactly. Um, I just want to say one of the standouts for me was uh, Black Narrows Cullinghammer, which was their barrel-aged oyster step. Uh, that was like really well done. It's got cool artwork. Did I have that one? Uh, yes, you did. Brandy's like, did I have that one? You did. Oh, God. We were- oh, the DC Brow beers aren't even on there. Those yeah. were, I didn't even, I was, I was looking at my pictures, but oh yeah. my gosh, that beer was, those beers were so good. Yeah, both Ghouls Night <sighs> Out and Wake Up Ghouls oh, um, after, after, you know, kind of like chilling for a couple months. Um, just really hmm. nice on a cold day, like a lot of like toffee Shout notes. Shout out to Rob yeah. at DC Brow. Yes. Um, strong, yeah. Yeah, strong work from hmm. Rob because you got Wake Up Ghouls, which is like a quad up front and then like a stout in the back. It's like a mullet in a, delicious way that way the blended one was the my favorite i'm hella jealous of you all for for your glorious share but being the the beer history nerd let me remind you that the last time joseph r biden was in town for an inauguration in 2008 none of those breweries existed denizens was not there uh, dc brow who will turn 10 in april was not there 08, we had no breweries that weren't brew pubs in the district. And then the same goes for, you know, uh, Silver Th- Silver Spring, Bethesda, Ellicott City, all those sort of suburbs, exurbs, and, uh, you know, further outliers of the, the metropolitan uh, D.C. area. Those breweries weren't around in 2008. It is absolutely wild yeah. to me that the oldest breweries beers that we drank were probably from the brewery. Like out in Southern <laughs> California, I had not which I've been to together. That's yeah, that's wild. But Brandy, I like that. Like the day after this bottle share, you got right back on the horse and you went to Hellbender. But anyway, tell us about old breweries and Hellbender. 
So the DC Beer Squad, Mike, uh, myself, Jake, and Greg, and some uh, Richard, a couple other people, were, we, we texted each other all the time. And I sent them this link about these the caves that were uh, uncovered in St. Louis. And they're basically beer caves where they aged beer. And, you know, I, I was just enthralled by this. And I, I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I had seen them when I visited Paris and when I was overseas. Like, I didn't, I mean, I, I assumed that they were here, but I guess I didn't realize it. But when I read this article, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then I just wanted to see all these, you know, these, I wanted them to find some beer in a cave, but I don't, they didn't, but <laughs> it would have been great. But I, I sent it to the group because I thought that, that uh, Mike would be very excited as the beer historian. <laughs> well, beer you know, Brandy, I've been holding back what could prospectively be some lager caves still existent in D.C. because I didn't want you to go without me. I didn't want you to just show up on a Friday night and, and you know, hop down the, uh, the manway into the sewer and see if these logger caves in D.C. are still around. But okay. that's on the to-do list. Uh, post-vaccination, we're going to have to bring yes. our carabiners and, uh, you know, <laughs> our suspenders and hoisting straps. <laughs> Jake, will you come with us? Yes. Uh, Mike, I was going to say. Um, you better. The closest, the closest operational logger caves to us. Do you think it's Penn Brewery in Pittsburgh, um, which is maybe like four hours away? Do you think, we have, do you think there's something closer? Like someone, someone in Philly is is still Ooh. using a lagering cave. Operational, yeah, Penn for sure. Founders has lagering caves, although they really they use it for like um, like KBS and CBS and all that stuff. Well, I know Baltimore has them, and I know Richmond has them. They're not operational now, but those structures are still subterranean. And you know, if you if you know a gal or you know a guy. <laughs> but they're not exactly the kind of thing you want to do when you're half in the bag. You want to do them after a strong cup of coffee or black tea. In All the right, Mike, yeah. This is my challenge to DC homebrewers. Those Macmillan Park cisterns are not being used right now. Oh. <laughs> I want someone to jump in there, like roll, like plug a carboy and like roll it, you know, like get, get into Macmillan Use one of those cisterns as a lagering cave. Oh my god! The temperature's right. You're not gonna. It's not gonna see 60 degrees until probably like mid-April in there. Now is the time. But don't break the law, DC homebrewers. <laughs> You've heard of Yorkshire squares. These, I guess, would be uh, Petworth rounds or uh, Howard round. What is Howard round squares? I, is it technically Ledroit? <laughs> But yeah, if someone wants to make me a Ledroit style Stingo, um, I'm all about that. I, I will make you some old ass porter, but Stingo is a tough one to recreate. Yeah, Stingo is rough. Um, who's done it? Sam Smith and uh, the Boulevard Pretty Things, the late great Pretty Things collaboration. Um, very yeah. Two very cool beers. Anyway, Brandy, you went to Hellbender hey. and you saw very special guests the day after the beer share but I, I salute you just like get, getting did. up and being like i'm just gonna go for a little scroll look i he, here's the thing i went yesterday and i had a couple things to do but richard texted me and was like hey we're gonna do our little walk like a couple mile walk to hellbender just to get out of the house 
And Hellbender does not allow anyone on inside because it's just LT and Ben brewing and they cannot afford for anyone to get sick. So everything's outside. They do have some fire pits. Shit, it was awesome. But I was like, heck yeah, I live right down the street. So of course I'm going to come meet you for a beer. And we were sitting around the fire pit and there, the table beside us had the most beautiful dog. It was like a Siberian, it was like a model dog. This dog should be a model. Anyway, everyone was obsessed with the dog and everybody was happy and even though it was cold, but I looked over and there was a guy sitting at a table that had a Wheatland Springs corduroy hat on. I was like, oh, cool hat. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're from Wheatland Springs. And so I I summoned, and by summoned, I meant went, Rid, come here, Rid, Rid, uh, and called Rid over and be like, hey, Rid, are they from Wheatland Springs? He's like, yeah, these, these guys are awesome. Do you not know them? I was like, uh, no. And so <laughs> he introduced us and they, Katie came over and chatted with us for a little bit. They, they were actually about to go, so it was in passing. But Katie, shout out to Katie, shout out to Wheatland Springs. I mean, their beers are so amazing, but Katie, even though they were leaving, packing up, she took time out and was like, hey, yeah, I'm good. I'm so glad that you guys like our stuff. I was so glad, to, I'm so happy to meet you and come out whenever you can. We'll make sure you guys get a little fire pit out and we'll, we'll take care of you. And I don't know, it was just, it was great. It's always great meeting new people, especially beer people. That's what I, that's what I thrive on. I'm such an extrovert. I'm such an outgoing person that when I get, when I'm cooped up, I, I get depressed. And so it was so nice interacting with other people. I love that this neighborhood has so much love for each other and that we have Hellbender right down the street to bring us all together. Well said. And I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up. And again, thank you all for listening. We are DC Beer at DC Beer, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, at us um, any and all times. We love hearing from you all. And uh, hey, 2021, new year, new administration. Let's see where this goes. Thank you all for joining us. Let's go!